0: Good evening so tonight uh, let's just do uh, uh, questions from Sangha questions about anything particular that you want to bring up that might create some interesting or informative uh, responses go ahead please
1: um I've been trying to look more closely at the idea of dependent origination and how can we understand dependent origination without things being caused by that which precedes it, bowing.
0: So, very good way to ask the question, because that's the illusion, that this caused that, this caused that, and that's true, relatively, when this is picked up and this moves through the air and is st- impeded or stopped by this, it produces something else, a sound, and that creates an incredible uh, illusion of not only time, but also control. And also three-dimensional space, and so on and so forth. <laughs> so and that is relatively that's that's how everything is set up. We all know that. But in order to understand dependent origination, it seems to be necessary to first consider the concept of it that nothing, no one thing comes from its own side. Excuse me. So you can start out have a cough drop there. So you can start out by uh, removing the cough drop from your mouth so you can speak. and then and then you look at the, the striker and you can actually start to dismantle. It's a piece of wood it's been painted. Uh, it has a some kind of cloth around it I think maybe it's rawhide but perhaps just cloth. The, the gong is made in, probably in some other country maybe but it, it comes from somewhere else this comes from somewhere else. This is a bunch of parts put together to make this striker. And then this hand is comes from somewhere else. And together, these, just count them, one, two, three, plus the motion, create something else. And this is happening everywhere, need I say? It's happening everywhere. It creates an, an astonishing matrix of otherness. This is what we're bombarded by, and this is part of what we grasp onto, let go of, and ignore passion, aggression, and ignorance in order to secure that which is unreal, which is what? Our identity. The world is there. It is an incredible illusion of otherness or something real, and it has a relative reality. So we're not denying it. We're not saying that if you realize your true nature, the world is suddenly going to become um, uh, like gossamer or transparent or something like that. It may become even more intense and more in your face or more abrasive possible. So we approach it conceptually. We try to dismantle it. This is where we uh, get into the 12 links in the chain of existence, uh, starting with ignorance and going up to uh, uh, sickness, aging and death, and on all of the things that happen in between that we can go into if you like. But I think to come back to your question. It's the idea of looking, of receiving. This is very important. And I, I express this all the time because I think this is a a better gateway to awareness of what this is, rather than just having a lot of really brilliant, um, uh, really intense um, and even um, intuitive understanding of what the concepts are pointing at. Um, direct perception of emptiness. Um, uh, uh um, consciousness only, perception only, sees otherness and uh, the, the the objectivity and then the subjectivity or the imputed self that is seeing through, per, through a perception that other thing, those two are what really keeps the whole thing separating into this and that with the help of hope and fear, hope for something better, fear of something worse, and the culprit that's in the middle, me and what I want, me and what I don't want me and what I'm afraid of, me and what I hope for, me, 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 me. It's it's continuous. It's over the top and it's very, very pushy. And if you're if you're not getting your way, if some things are not going your way, you, you would immediately get a strong taste of uh, of the narcissism because it might not explode out into the room where everybody knows about it. But you can feel that you can feel that you don't want that to happen. You, or you want more of what you didn't get enough of a, a constant movement around in that area. Because we focus on those areas, it looks like there is a, uh, a past and a future, a time and space, a success and failure, and all of the other worldly dharmas that we could spell out if we, if we wish to. So to me, the way I see this is if you see clearly what is in front of you, if you receive that, if you smell, taste, hear, touch, taste, think perceive that that otherness for what it is actually there it will appear like a reflection it's like it's not a reflection it's not a mirror but it's like that because your your the identity aspect of the mind has stopped clinging it has stopped rejecting it stopped fixating and it stopped ignoring this is sometimes called liberation but it's not an event it won't be something particular that happens in your life, although that's possible. So what we see, we actually witness, see, observe that whatever that used to look like it was out there is no longer out there. And and that everything that looks like apparent parts that are coming and going, um, that is an elaboration on the otherness that breaks it down into all kinds of pieces and events and time places and. What happened in Hungary in the 18th century and what's happening in the, in the, the Eiffel Tower uh, next week. Those separations in time and space make it make the illusion extremely powerful and extremely seductive. Most of the world tied into that is trying to squeeze happiness out of that uh, understanding of the world. You can get ahead. You can be a, fa- a, a failure or you can be a success. Uh, as the old saying in the United States is uh, anybody can be president, which is a huge amount of propaganda uh, around what controlling people controlling them get you to just just follow the rules, follow the law, obey, be a good citizen, and so on so it's it is a perception, and how do you train yourself to see what dependent origination is by looking at the confusion around that, looking at the grasping mind. Watching yourself grasp without without stopping it, want to do that. Watching yourself reject without stopping that. Watching yourself shut down without trying to be more aware. It's very difficult because of the very nature of that is that there are no solid reference points anywhere. The reference points that do show up when one has realized one's true nature, are very situational and conditional, and you're totally open to being with all things. This doesn't mean you won't be irritated if the mail comes late, or if the the new roof that was just put on your building starts to leak. It doesn't mean that you won't have um, a discontinuity in your mind stream that says, that's not working. They said that would be just fine, and it's not. It doesn't mean that those things won't come up, but they will not appear to a solid identity of, of me and my stuff uh, and my success, my failure. <clears throat> Further questions, around that would be great. We can talk about that the rest of the night, if you'd
1: like. Jesus, what I struggle with is if I were to look at my emotions and there are situations that do trigger those emotions, to see how the trigger is related to but not the cause of how I feel. So what is that relationship that is not causing or not causal, vowing? The practice part of it is to just
0: receive. So whatever shows up, there's different ways of talking about it. The way I choose to talk about this or feel like I should talk about it is whatever rises in your mind, whatever emotion or feeling or uh, something that has an edge to it that feels uncomfortable or something that that has a, a Something softer or more seductive or more inviting, all of that is magnetizes us into grasping, rejecting or ignoring whatever that may be that's arising. Uh, one of the ways that it magnetizes us is if, if we get, if someone does something and we get angry, there might be some kind of a balance there where we're irritated with something someone did, which would be just part of a dependent origination without much of a of self-centeredness happening, happening at all. It's just that. It's very simple. It's uh, the, 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 the phrase we've or the image we've all been hearing probably all our lives is making mountains out of molehills. We see something, some little thing happens and somebody gets totally outraged about it, extremely upset. And without any mind training, uh, that kind of energy goes, shall we say, um, unexamined or it just it just gets to have like it's happening all over the country, but right now with all kinds of things, just things go unexamined because people like the security of ignorance. Just ignore it, just ignore, Just or just believe in this. Sometimes the belief in this particular thing, in this particular flag waiver, uh, it just, we don't have to do anything else. We just get to follow that and believe that. We just get to uh, follow the lemmings over the cliff. So, seeing dependent origination, which is, I think, is your, your, is what you're looking at there, is to see that the trigger and the event are dependently arisen. But there's no the identity that that shows up in the middle of all that. That one who has been triggered, or that one who is having the emotion that has been triggered, that's the the that's the original misunderstanding that there there's a solid being in the there. There are the kind of, there is form, there is feeling, there's perception, concept, consciousness, thinking process. Sixth sense feels and all the things that are flying uh, in and out of our, uh, out of our um, ears and eyes. But there's no, there's, no, there's no separate being there. The illusion of separation is extremely powerful. And it is quite a bit of the fuel for that comes from fear. Fear of being exposed. Fear of looking bad. Fear of just saying something incorrectly, pronouncing something wrong. Fear of, of just being a fool, but looking foolish. It's like, I can tell you my experience of it is, if someone asks me to sing, I feel foolish because I, I know I cannot sing. I can sing, okay, sure, I can kind of carry a tune maybe, but I, I'm a terrible singer. So if I want to know what embarrassment is about, I just start singing in front of people. It gives me a good example of what that's like. Good, a good feeling for what that's like. That doesn't mean I'm going to go around making a fool of myself. I'm already a fool, so I can't do much else about it. Cheese on any more about
1: that, or did I miss what you were trying to see? Cheese uh, on buying. No, that is addressing what I'm asking about. And um, is there any conceptual way you would work or encourage working with the investigating of dependent origination? Um, and I'm thinking in particular as something is arising that feels abrupt or, or triggered, bowing.
0: So it's good to do a lot of sitting meditation, of course, to watch the movement in the mind that is just spontaneous coming and going and watch the way we add on to that. Watch those two movements, the one that comes out of uh, just uh, our karma, you could say, and, uh, and what, that which we create or add on to try to modify because we don't like that. So that's part of it. Also, you can study concepts that go more deeply into the way that shows up. Uh, the 12 links on the chain of existence, that's something we've studied before. I think I've given talks on it before and and see how, there—that if you break it down into those stages, you can actually see how there, first there's just uh, open space. And then, there, then there's uh, an ignoring of the open space. It's not an ignoring of something, it's the ignoring of the spaciousness, which congeals into a ball that is ignorant ignorant form ignorance uh, form and then it goes on from there and how how the nuance develops uh, scientifically I, I don't know about that but it, it just it's just a way of talking about it so we can actually move from the original ignorance all through the links so you could study those links and where um feeling and grasping and fixation and uh and and all of that happens in the way that that it is talked about. And you can also just be very aware of what's arising spontaneously in your mind and and be aware of what jumps out of the corner to to go onto that to interpret that for you to give you some idea of what it is that's showing up in your mind.
1: Thank you Hojo-sama. Welcome. Jeez, am I ha- I do have another question on a different something else. Go ahead, please. If there's any grasping or attachment occurring, is that necessarily the product of, of confusion? And, and what I'm thinking of with you getting um, sick, there's some immediate fear. And is that rooted in a, in a misunderstanding, bowing?
0: Relatively, no. Relatively, we have to, you know, it's, if you're hungry, it's not a misunderstanding that, to think that you have to eat. Uh, this body is made of food. It's, it wouldn't be here if it weren't for food. So th- this is made of food. Sometimes it becomes food for something else. Occasionally, even microbes. So no, it's 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 not a misunderstanding. Further about that, if you have it though, because there's more more to be said about it.
1: He is bowing Is there a point where it does become misunderstanding? Just like the simplicity of being hungry, and needing to eat may not be a misunderstanding. Similarly, you might have this fear, but is there a is there something that wouldn't would take it into a form of, of confusion or misunderstanding? Bowing.
0: Yes, if there's secondary opinion coming in that says you have to have that, that there's a the demand. Like there's a demand that the teacher continues to live. That's why it's important to request that, not no demand. Because if you you might realize that you can't really demand that, but if you don't relate to it in some kind of way. Then uh, then the whole understanding of the teacher-student relationship uh, becomes uh, just adds to the confusion. So, yeah, you should be concerned uh, about my health and your health, your, your son's health, the community's health. Where we all uh, it's uh, I like to say CCC, communicate, uh, cooperate, collaborate if you've got really strong communication. Then the the communication, the cooperation, collaboration is a lot makes more sense. It's simpler,
1: works well. She isn't bowing. I can't quote exactly what you just said, but it was something along the lines that um, that that's some misunderstanding about the student teacher relationship could actually get in the way. Is that something we need to be looking out for? Is that our responsibility to 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 avoid that bowing?
0: <clears throat> All I'm saying is don't take the teacher or the teaching or the community for granted. It's, it's dependently risen. A teacher can't pretty obvious, but a teacher can't teach unless there's a student uh, and there, there can't be a spiritual community unless there's a spiritual teaching and a spiritual leader or mentor or guide. It, it's not going to happen. It'll It'll turn political and politics are about power and control and who's right and who's wrong. So there's something called, called Sevenfold Mahayana Puja, which some parts of it seem pretty workable, which I've talked about before in the past. And one of them is uh, is requesting the teacher to survive, to continue, please remain. And I think that's that's an important thing to say, not because I need it, but you may need it.
2: Maria Bowing, what is the dynamic of the request? Bowing.
0: You ask of the teacher to remain and you get turned down, teacher leaves. Teacher is always going to leave. It's just about putting tension on that in such a way, because what's really important fundamentally is to see that everything is your teacher, but you're not, you're not going to see that unless you first have a teacher who can introduce you to that. The teacher remaining doesn't necessarily mean the continuation of a physical form, although that's part of it. That may be all of it for one person. Shows up lots of different ways.
2: Maria bowing Is this intention similar to the intention of, to, um, to the intention? Yes, to have an intention.
0: Yes, very much, very good, Maria. Yeah, just the intention. Please remain. Even knowing that the, the physical form of the teacher, you, you may disappear before they do. So there's no way to know. You may go back into the elements, but it's just just the intention. A very, a very important one, I think. One that I really misunderstood my, myself when I first uh, heard that back in the 1970s. Shokobang, in looking at the Please Remain, you said that, that for
3: one person, that might be all about the physical body, but that can show up in so many different ways. What are other ways
0: in which that can show up? Ask, ask 15 people who are, who, ha, who are students who have a teacher. Everyone modifies every teaching to suit themselves, including the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the 12 Links, and so on. They modify that. They might not realize they're doing that. The fundamental thing that I was endeavoring to point out is it's not just about the physical life of the, of the teacher. It's also about the teaching itself and the community. Please remain.
4: Jessica Bolling, what happened to the questions that might have come up for you after your teachers passed?
0: Bolling. What happened to my questions about for, for them?
5: Yes. Yeah. Bolling.
0: I, I no longer have any questions for either one of them. But that doesn't mean I didn't need those teachers. I, I, I looked closely at each one of those teachers was what they were saying. And it took me years to understand what they were saying. Especially the first one. The second one, (laughs) he had, he had one direct teaching for me. And even that took me years to understand because I kept puffing up. So I didn't have to look at it. Basically, Coben saw that I was a fool and I was full of myself. And he also, also saw that I I I didn't realize it. I didn't, I was not aware of my self-centeredness. And the only way he could really point that out to me is ignore me. But in order to ignore me, he first had to magnetize me, which he did. He magnetized me right into his lap, practically. And then as soon as I asked him to function as my teacher, he shut me right out. Did he really shut me out? Not really. He shut me out just enough so that I would have had to look foolish to come forth and ask him again. He knew exactly what he was doing. This is how I perceive it from what this looks like to me today. I needed his help. Uh I, I really needed his help. I needed the help of both of those gentlemen. And they were kind enough to not pull any punches. Uño. when
2: you're bowing. Was that a strategy of Colbin?
0: I don't think he ever strategized anything. He didn't have to. He saw what was in front of him and he functioned out of it. He he was totally a totally ordinary person who was who was a Absolutely extraordinary teacher. What,
2: what are you bowing? What would teachers strategize about?
0: Not much. If they're not a true teacher, they're going to have a lot of strategies because that's the only thing they could count on is their analysis of everything. They might have all kinds of strategies. Those are not wrong. Just like the strategies of cognitive behavioral therapy is a strategy around how to work with people's concepts to help them see more clearly uh, what they what they're wading around in. Just like uh, the the strategy of Byron Katie Byron Katie sees what fundamental reality. It looks like to me, I've never met her and, and came up with a system whereby you could use the intellect to enter into that, to really question your assumptions. And you have to do it a lot. I don't think it, uh, I think it, I don't think that it, it can, you can work with that on its own. It looks like in probably most cases, you're really going to have to have an awareness practice also. And I think even, uh, even Katie tells people to meditate these days, although she never did, but gets tired of working with them. Go sit and face the wall.
4: June uh, she' bowing. when i when I go to visit family, um, it often feels like there's some sort of shutting down, um, shutting down of awareness or just kind of feels like I'm sedated somehow. Um, should there be any effort in that area to um, sort of maintain some level of awareness?
0: No, I wouldn't, don't maintain anything. Don't, but, but look what you're, what you're really, what I'm seeing there as functioning as your teacher is how aware you are of that. Or you wouldn't be able to ask that question. You notice when you go there, your awareness that you're shutting, something is shutting down. Something is either, Well, I might say distasteful or uncomfortable about being open around uh, people who are, uh, say, shall we politely say, confused, and so we tend to shut down so we don't have to deal with that, with their, with the projection of their suffering, the the suffering that they don't know they have, and they're dumping it on you. People don't know their suffering. People who know their suffering are probably meditators. So I would say, no, don't do anything. You, that that's how it's done. You just receive. You just received their uh, atmosphere, their the perfume or cologne or the flavor, the smell, the taste, the feeling of being in their environment, and it feels like you're shutting down. So that's awareness. You're actually you're actually getting some, you're getting an understanding of something that is called uh, the three poisons, mainly in that case uh, ignorance, but also uh, grasping. The, the grasping that's trying to push away or let go of that kind of grasping, the, the kind that it doesn't want, sometimes turns into aggression. Uncomfortable to be around uh, <laughs> kith and kin or family. Family sometimes is the hardest because you have this emotional attachment to them, and so you love them, but they have an interesting uh, confusion in their life. So being around them is difficult. June
4: Shabaling.
0: I'm thinking about my my experience in that is very, uh difficult. Go ahead. Other questions, um,
4: How in those instances, how can I receive when I feel um, shut down?
0: You're receiving. <clears throat> Listen to what you're saying. You're you have you have an idea of receiving. You're trying to live up to a to uh, us to a. Uh, to a uh, um, a standard of receiving, and there is no standard. You're receiving right where you're at. You're receiving the negativity or whatever it is that causes you to, something is causing you to shut down and you're receiving the shutdown. You're probably receiving the negativity that is in the environment, which is nobody's fault. Nobody's to blame for anything. So you're already doing it. And the more you practice, the more you go back in that environment, and the less you produce, the more you'll be able to receive about the nature of that shutting down. So you understand more about the way you're shutting down in an environment may not be hostile, but it also might not be particularly friendly. Even if people have big smiles, big holiday smiles in their faces, they're not happy with the way you're living, perhaps. And that sometimes always doesn't feel so good. Is it somewhere in that area or am I missing your inquiry altogether?
4: No, that was helpful. Thank you.
0: Welcome.
3: Chocobah, earlier in your example of, uh, talking about if you wanted to feel foolish you would sing is there a difference between knowing that
0: one is a fool and feeling foolish in your case yes what's the difference you tell me come on shoka tell me shokabang i, Don't hold- I think i just
3: normally associate with the idea or the teaching of someone being foolish having a, a feeling quality to it and not sure what that is.
0: Okay, well, let me know when you figure that out.
4: Okay. Bowing, there is a question from Udi in Connecticut: Is devotion to a teacher different than devotion to life, to the path, and to all beings? If so, what differentiates it?
0: Uh, the individual would differentiate it. Some people are totally over the top, devoted, dedicated to the teacher. And to the teaching and to the, the community, and some people are 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 conceptually devoted uh, and operate in so many different ways. People have different styles of personality, different styles of passion. Working with passion, aggression, and ignorance, Tibetan tradition. They even use the Buddha families to denote different styles of uh, uh, imprisonment. Imprisonment in in concepts or vajra, Imprisonment. Imprisonment. Imprisonment in, imprisonment in uh, ignoring or shutting down a Buddha family. So, uh, and then on and on or imprisonment in, um, in a karma or action, some kind of action wanting to be in control of everything. So uh, there's so many different ways, uh, and, uh, f- say for you personally, uh, if you found yourself becoming dedicated or devoted to a teacher or to a teaching or to a community, it could be stronger in one area than the other. Sometimes just reading a text, uh, the devotion starts there, and then you start looking for someone that can help you with that, a teacher. Or you start looking for a community that is actually studying that and working with that, a Sangha. But it shows up differently with, I read about Buddhism for 12 years before I met my teacher. So, and I was very motivated by reading the Kanzi translations of the Prajnaparamita literature. And also all the A.S. Neal, Or Alexander David Neal and uh, Alan Watts and all the other people in the fifties and sixties that were writing about spirituality. I think there's a half a dozen books out there. So it's different with it's just so so different with each person. If you go to a country, and in our situation we don't have a long tradition here. We have Tibetan Buddhism and we have Japanese Buddhism, Buddhism, Korean uh, Zen uh, from uh, from Korea, Zen from uh, Vietnam, and all different ways of the whole the Dharma is showing up and different uh, ways of uh, the devotion or dedication to the teacher uh, shows up and so we're kind of trying to understand that put that together our society doesn't even doesn't even know what we are someone most of the people if they were to come in are in the monastery or even listen to this talk would have no idea at all what's going on or what it is they, they might think it's that we're all Muslim which wouldn't be so bad, but I mean, you say it would be a misunderstanding of what this is. Further question about that, if you if you have it, I might have missed what you're actually wanting to know. That's sometimes why I say, "What do you want to know?" So we can get down to the point. And no, I'm not going to sing anything.
1: Jeez, I'm bowing How can we intend without a demand for a result, bowing?
0: Through practice. Through just through practice. If you do it enough, if you if you fall on on the floor and say, "I take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha." And the guru, if you're doing that practice over and over and over, hundreds of thousands of times, eventually you know what an intention is. It's just to intend, I'm not looking for how am I doing? Am I getting anywhere? Is this worth it? I'm at 250,000 prostrations and I don't notice any change. Now, that's called materialism. It's extremely circular, it has to be the intention. Can't hold anything back, everything has to be thrown overboard. Just a way of just a way of talking about it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to quit your job. You don't have to uh, stop uh, having a beer or unless you have a difficulty with that kind of stuff. You don't have to renounce anything.
1: Jeez, I'm bowing. Is the demand still there?
0: <clears throat> it could be. But the idea when I say don't demand or, or trunk firm, which I would say lessen your man, demand. I would say just don't demand. And that way you can see more clearly that you're still demanding. If you lessen your demand, then you get a little credential for lessening it. That's ego language, as far as I'm concerned. But watching the demand is what's important. Watching that you're, you really have, you might not be expressing it outwardly, but you really want things to be a certain way. And when they start going another way, we have difficulty with that. And it's not that that wanting something some way and having it going another way, uh, that we should not feel distressed or should not be painful or we should, wouldn't be disappointed. Of course, we're going to be disappointed in that situation. It's something we really wanted. But it's the add-ons, the blaming, the figuring out that where we went wrong, and what we could have done, what we should have done, and all the strategizing, the backtracking to find out how we could have actually got it right if we just done things right. There are, listen, here it comes. Here it comes. There are no mistakes. Rinpoche wouldn't wouldn't uh wouldn't agree with that he would he would say there are mishaps <laughs> and he even called the cogu lineage the mishap lineage I think that's because he got in an accident
1: to on how can I relate to that idea of no demand without the materialism of wanting to achieve that Bowling.
0: again it, it might be kind of tiring to hear it this way but it, it's just about receiving that without no meddling with it no trying to change it into something better no no trying to uh like Rinpoche said lessen the demand i would say just stop demanding and and when you try to do that you see that you can't and then your awareness is about the the or the way in which you as a self-centered demanding person demand things i would say watch the action watch the the attachment watch the fixation rather than trying to turn into a non-fixated person who's who's a better meditator, and is getting ahead in the spiritual path. People teach this differently. I'm not here to uh, be in competition with Thich Nhat Hanh or or John Kabat-Zinn or Dalai Lama or His Holiness the 17th or anybody. Different energy, different people. That's why there's so many different kinds of teachers, so many different kinds of students.
5: Very well. A couple of days ago, we you, you talked, or you mentioned that um, we are the the path, and I brought up the sense of separation that came up around that. What is the separation, or a sense of being alone, or loneliness with being path? Um,
0: so simply put, you want to know what is loneliness.
5: Terry bowing, it seems like there's two aspects. One is loneliness. And one is, uh, when you said that the path does feel, when you are the path, it does feel like separation. I wasn't quite sure what you meant by that. Uh,
0: I don't know know either. I I don't know what it was that I said, that you're talking about.
5: Uh, Terry Bowling, you said.
0: No, you might want to not use something I said, but
5: just tell me what you want to know and I'll try to address that. Sure, Terry Bowling. Yeah, what is what is the loneliness, or the, maybe it's fear of separation, or the sense of separation. Um, do
0: you want to speculate on it, or do you want me to answer you?
5: About <laughs> hey, I'd love for you to answer me.
0: So it's just it's just our self-centeredness, and and it's also uh, but, but it's not something we need to get rid of. It's just we have to we just see that the self-centeredness is unreal. Then, dependently arisen, anything that needs to be there in the mind stream that shows up as an aspect of identity that is loneliness or sadness, it will still, it'll still have a place there. But the, the grasping, aggressive, fixated, resentful, and energetic mind in that direction, it will begin to lose its power when the ed- identity is we've begun to see through that. You might see through the one who is sad, but the sadness is still there, and it, it can be heartbreaking. And the loneliness eventually, uh, classically, this is said that eventually the loneliness turns into just being alone, which doesn't mean there isn't a a sad uh, uh, underlayment of that emotion or that that sense of being. Buddha, Buddha said life is suffering. And he, he was, uh, we really look on that. Um, my immediate, immediate reaction when I heard that many, many years ago was, well, well not all the time, of course not. Well, yeah, it's, it's always suffering, suffering. It's a limitation, but most of it's shut out because we shut it out through passion, aggression, and ignorance. If you don't do that, then you receive all of that.
5: Gary Bowling, uh, what is self-centeredness? Bowling.
0: Well, it's just uh, it's an aspect of consciousness. It's not a little chunk of something necessarily, but we need to talk about it some way. But it is an aspect of consciousness that has come together out of paranoia, and it it it's like a central headquarters of uh, of some kind of a, a empire or community of ego that our stuff and our things and our ideas and what we've got coming and what we don't have coming and what we shouldn't what shouldn't have happened and what should have happened. And who should do what we say, and, and, and all of that, all the complications in there rotate around an identity that is paranoid. And and, uh, and but there's there's fundamentally who you actually are is not that you who you are, actually are can't be threatened because it isn't separate from anything. So uh, sometimes it's called fearlessness, but actually I, I don't know, know if even that would work because it's. Um, because you're still, you can still be afraid because fear is dependently arisen; It just can't find somebody who's terrified, but that doesn't mean there isn't fear. It's very difficult to go into, to, to see this and then back up into concepts about it that where you can talk about it. Very difficult to just point at it without some kind of commentary or some kind of, um, pointing out words.
5: very bowing. thank you
2: well long bowing Go
5: ahead.
2: alejandro Holorowski recently started singing very badly Did but, he? Was, but he, was, yeah. he was told his whole life that he just that it was painful to hear him sing so he never sang so now he's started singing and it's it's pretty bad and beautiful <laughs>
0: You know, that's a, because Trunk Rinpoche also had a, just, his voice was probably, a, I don't know, anybody have ever heard it, but it was just horrible. And it was very squeaky, and he would sing on a high pitch, and he, and, and there was absolutely no carrying a, of any, not even coming close to carrying a tune. So, but everybody loved it. Everybody loved to hear him sing. And it's it something about, I don't know, him or his, uh, uh, I didn't notice any embarrassment from him. I never did not saying that he wasn't, but he he didn't hesitate to sing if asked um i
2: have a I have a question about that um do you yep. do you like to sing? Do you enjoy singing
0: i i I love to sing I sing by myself. I don't know with my singing and, and his mother's singing. I don't know how mason uh where he got all that singing from, but i I think uh must be somebody else uh, involved that we don't know about. <laughs> Uh, he sings very well, and so does uh, so the other i don't know if Austin does or not, but the other three other offspring all sing quite well but i I like to sing, but i just i, I haven't had any training, so, so I've not been trained how to how to use what whatever voice that i have
2: well i'm bowing is is there merit in doing something that you love even though you know you're very bad at it, doing something very badly?
0: Probably just the way you put it, of course. If you really love to do something, then I still make artwork, but I don't necessarily consider myself a, a wonderful genius or something, so I'm some of that, even though that's what I wanted to be when I was very young. To be a great artist, <clears throat> and I, I haven't given up hope. I still may be a great artist yet. <laughs> Somebody just discovers my work, you know. <laughs> How often we think of that, you know, or at least I did when I was young. Mm-hmm. And then there's the the artificial, uh, the 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 artist who won't sign their work because it looks too narcissistic. <laughs> I had an artist friend, I won't mention his name, that would not sign the front for many years, would not, would make a little note inside the canvas at the back, but would never put his signature on the front. <clears throat> I think he does now, but he didn't back then, 50 years ago. Further questions? Have,
5: we, we got.
2: I have another question um, relating to a uh, touch Chiazon brought up earlier that Sometimes when I'm in a situation with someone and I'm triggered by what they do or say, the avalanche, I experience an avalanche of of other offenses and injustices, like clear, clear incidences that come. And even though I am across this person, knowing that what they're doing or saying is not causing all of this, there's still the sting there of taking it personally. What's your
5: question? What is your
0: question?
2: How do I step out of the line of fire, not take it personally, um, and, it. and not abandon take it? it. Personally.
0: Take it personally. Don't step out of the line of fire. Just just receive it. Just receive it. Eat it. Just receive it. If it's coming your way, you have it coming. Not because you're to blame for anything, but the, the, the dependent origination of which you are a part of, we're all a part of, it looks very personal. And if it looks personal, then go ahead and take it that way. If that's the way it's showing up, don't argue with dependent origination, including the feeling of taking something personal. That's also dependently risen. If you think otherwise, then you'll try to fix yourself and get better. And you'll, you'll take another route other than awareness practice. You'll take maybe other routes, you know, maybe a Jungian therapist or something could help you as possible, but it won't, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a fundamental understanding of it. It's going into the uh, strategy of trying to do something different with, with what you're experiencing.
2: So are you saying we have it coming our way and it's not personal?
0: Yes. Yeah, I am saying that. It's not, it's not personal. But, you, ha- but you, you have to feel the, the personal reaction to it has to be seen thoroughly rather than you immediately start trying to not take it personally. That's why it's so damn hard. Just why if you have a negative feeling, the conventional th- way of thinking, well, just don't take it personally. Don't. So yeah, that, that doesn't works.
5: Work.
0: In- yeah, it doesn't. You're still, still going to do that. In fact, that puts more tension in it because then you realize you're you're not only do- taking it personally, but you're a failure at not taking it personally. It's irritating.
5: <laughs>
0: so. And and I, you know what I'm referring to here? Uh, I would not even give this kind of uh, feedback to somebody who had no mind training, because without mind training, it's it's the the mind is too sticky with thoughts and ideas and com- opinions and conjunctions of conceptions and and analysis and everything. Only a mind which w- has a lot of space in it. I'm not saying that the mind has to necessarily be awakened, but there's a lot of room there. There's a lot of a lot of room, a lot of uh, uh, environmental of generosity where someone can, can work with the negativity that arises. Someone triggered it, just receive it. And and watch. If you do don't do anything with it, it'll die down. There's no guarantee of that. But it it gets its it gets its propellant from that the it gets its nutrition, it gets its fuel from trying to push on it or trying to blame somebody else or fluff it up. It's because of them this happened or or else trying to shut it out or distract yourself with anything. Any kind of distraction. Well uh, cause it to back off a little bit but it'll be wrap back around for another another event eventually. Thank you. I'll take a final question and then I'm about to go into a, a, a coughing fit I think. So feels like I'm bowing.
3: When somebody asks when somebody asks you what your plans for the future are,
5: I'm starting to like not know how to answer that um, but I feel like if I say I have no plans, they're going to think that I'm despondent or something. Yeah, which is not I wouldn't worry,
0: would worry about what they think. If you think about what people are thinking about what you're thinking, then you start thinking about what they're thinking that about what you think they're thinking about what you're thinking. And then it gets really tied up in knots. And then you're gonna to have to go see a therapist, <laughs> which that might not be a bad idea. I'm not against therapists, but some people aren't ready to train their minds, they, they have to see somebody that will help them work, work it out by uh, some kind of understanding. Going, going into that situation. So, yeah. Uh, Augie, did you have a question? I saw your uh, hands come up under your chin.
3: Yes, I did. <clears throat> Augie bowing, thank you. Uh, when I think of dependent origination, I think of things happening now being determined by previously, previous conditions. and And so,
0: Misunderstanding, that's karma, that's karma. Dependent origination has no time sequence. No, what you're looking at is karma. Karma, that happens and this happens. This is just basic teaching of the Buddha. But the uh, dependent origination, nothing come from its own side as an individual, uh, goes beyond time and space, it's beyond. It's beyond the otherness, it's beyond the spaciousness, it's beyond the depth, it's beyond the surface. It's it's beyond. More, I didn't mean to interrupt you right in the middle of your dithyramb. <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: thank you. I'm glad you did. Uh, and so that's why, even though I think determined, I think previous and predetermined predetermination makes sense. That's why. That's why we object to saying things are predetermined. Is that correct, Bowen?
0: Yeah, the the idea that everything is fated is a misunderstanding because it's it's implying that there is a past and a future. So, and yes, there there are things that are that are they're going to have a particular outcome because of particular causes and conditions. that are going to come out a certain way, but the fatedness of it is uh, uh, extra. Uh, that's because it, the the imputation of a future, the imputation of that there was a past, and this is the present moment. That's how we get the present moment because we believe. In a future, and we believe in a, in a past, but it's all a sham.
3: Huggy bowing is is matter then a sham as well? Material and matter a <coughs> sham?
0: just it's it's a, insofar as it is uh, is dependable or reliable, it's not dependable. It won't last. Nothing holds its form for for very long in a relative sense. I mean, relatively, yes, you know, uh, uh, a jellyfish is gonna live, what, 50 years or whatever they live, you know, but something else is gonna live for 30 seconds. And uh, and a, uh, Mount Everest looks like it's gonna be for, there forever. And that's it's not true. There's a one at one point when there was no Mount Everest, according to the geologists. I don't know what the chemical chemical engineers would have to say about that.
3: <laughs> uh, are you bowing? I'll say something about that later. Uh, so I'm sorry, did you You'll, say?
0: Did you say you would sing something about that? Sing?
3: <laughs> no, I don't think I did, bowing.
0: Uh, well,
3: I might say I'm something. I might say something later.
0: We'll say something. Oh, I, I, I a thought, sure, I heard you use the word sing. I didn't hear that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you sing it, I'll sing it with you.
3: After this you. question. Uh, so again, did you, did you uh, do, we, do we go as far as to say then that, that matter is an illusion, that there's no matter there,
0: there are forms, but uh, uh, that show up as objects and things and so on. So to some extent, there's, there's matter, but but the, the fundamental nature of that we're not really sure of uh, as if you even read just elementary, uh, uh, if you can call it particle physics, elementary at all, if you read a little bit into that, uh, just the descriptions of, of the basic structure of things is, uh, uh, it, once you get so small, everything, there's no, there's no final, I used to think that they were atoms. And now we go further than that. It's subatomic and we're going way down into that, that it's, um, uh, I don't know if they've broken have they broken down photons and uh, parts yet. There's a photon, just one thing. Have they broken it down? How many pieces are there in a photon? Uh,
3: tw- Twenty-seven, I think, you know, and counting.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> but Auggie, uh, bowing. I often, I often come back. Sorry, I often come back to the dream metaphor, and the, yeah. and the fact that at night, the the, per- the people in my dream the cars and things. Uh, When I wake up, I see clearly they did not take up any space in my room, in my bedroom, the people, the cars, buildings. But here Uh, now, where where we are right now, are we taking up any space like that, Bowing.
0: Well, there's different ways of responding responding to that. And you can defend either position uh, just by by being able to talk in circles. So we're not taking up any uh, any space other than the space we're taking up. and that space, we're not actually taking up, it just looks like we're taking it up. But it looks so much like we're taking it up that it's very, very believable. So if you start to come forth with a view that we aren't taking up any space, then you better get out your legal pad and sharpen your pencil. What do you think? How does it look to you?
3: It looks like uh, sometimes it it looks like that, that uh, all there is actually is consciousness and all this is a is a is a form of consciousness. Consciousness finding its own form and doesn't require any matter, any space, any time. But that's just incredible, inconceivable. Wow. That's
0: how it looks. So, okay that's how it appears now how is it actually
3: yes augie bowing. that's that continues to be my question uh and and it, it, it doesn't seem possible to know
0: well that's a start any uh, any we're it's a quarter after so perhaps we could stop unless there's uh Question I don't, I can't see, I can't see everybody. There's 40 people on here, so I can't see other people. So, if you have one and you're off screen, then please speak up. Okay, we'll close.
5: (coughs) May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all Venerable Ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. Oh, Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions in the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokoji Buddhist. Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light.
1: If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.